All right, welcome to the Shadowsworn Radio Hour. This is Brendan. And this is Adam. And we're back at you once again, talking about the world of darkness um, in our full metal RPG spinoff show dedicated 100% to the world of darkness. Um, this episode, we're going to go kind of old school. We're going to talk, we're going to talk almost exclusively about Masquerade Vampire. And, uh, if you listen to our last episode, then you know, you've been no doubt eagerly anticipating this episode in which Adam and I discuss, um, probably the most divisive topic in all of Vampire the Masquerade outside of like, you know, um, the hierarchy of editions. And that is, and that is the black hand. And the midi, there are many iterations thereof. The, the, there are a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so the black hand, uh, what is it? Would you use it? And if you did, how would you use it? Um, to get things started, let's just kind of catch up with our listeners and see like what we've been up to. So Adam, what have you been up to gaming-wise? So gaming-wise, uh, I have started collecting some of the V20 Vampire books. I have a Red List, which I finished. Um, I got Hunters Hunted 2, which I flipped through uh, the 20th anniversary edition of Dark Ages, and I'm currently reading uh, Lore of the Clans. And how are you finding that? So it's sort of a stripped-down version of the clan books. Each clan gets anywhere from like 16 to 20 pages. Um I would say if you have a good grasp on what the clans are, um, as of the revised edition, there's not really much of a point to pick it up other than some crunch stuff, like some combo discipline powers or other disciplines. If you're in uh, alternative discipline powers for like six level powers for the clan, if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, it. So I'm up into the... Ravenous section right now, which is where I tapped out because I just <laughs> it's the Ravenous have always been uh, difficult for me to get my get my brain around. So I and, think the Ravenous are a sticking point for both of us. Yeah, and they're trying to do that thing where they're oh yeah, the Ravenous are fighting the and I'm not I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I'll butcher it. But like the thousand demons or whatever, like they're thousand demons. They're like from the revised edition of the Ravenous where there's like all these they're in opposition to like these demonic entities or whatever, but it's not really clear what they are. And like, that's the main ethos of the clan is to like stand against these, the influence of these beings and the oh, path shit. of paradox is their way of evolving or, or becoming more transcending their state. But they also don't believe in Golconda because that's going backwards and regressing. So it's got smatterings of some of the Zimache metamorphosis, metamorphosis stuff. And then, uh, I, butchered that one too uh and then um yeah and then some of the other clans where they're fighting against other stuff i just Uh, i mean i kind of like that yeah it's it's okay but they like they've only got 20 pages or or 16 or whatever they can't go into it in detail so they can't really tell you what these things are or what they stand for did they in the revised edition because i mean i i I I owned every revised edition book i just never read them all i I don't know I i didn't get uh I didn't get the Ravenous clan book uh, for revised. Um, you like how? I, I just didn't get it. I, I, I didn't get a lot of the revised clan books. Um, mm. I, I have like four or five of them. Um, and, you know, there's 13 clans, so that's <laughs> less than half. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. And um, it, it's weird because it's chronologically or, or story-wise set before the events of revised. So no, Knights Lord of, Prophecy, of the Clans is. 
Yeah, Lord of the Cleanses. So Knights of Prophecy hasn't happened yet. All that other stuff hasn't happened yet. But then you're reading sections, uh, in particular, like the Brujah section, where they're talking about like Occupy Wall Street and and other events that would have happened after that. So it, it I'm having a hard time separating story-wise what should have happened at this point from what shouldn't have happened. So obviously Ravenos hasn't yeah. risen. So the Ravenos are still a clan and able to hang on to the idea that their founder loves them or whatever it is. Um, well, I mean, I think that the, what, because the core book gets into this real piecemeal kind of like um, a toolbox where you can like build the backstory that you want and like leave what you don't, you know? Right. So, I mean, so it's weird. It's frustrating from that standpoint. Um, and then they continued that, this weird thing that they've done with that. They started with the Asimites and revised where they're, blowing them out more from like a single clan into this kind of all-encompassing faction and we'll probably get more into this when we discuss the black yeah. clan stuff where they're like this super clan or ultra clan it's like a clan and a sub clan no the the asimites oh, the, oh so in the asimites lore of the clan they, they yeah they the... talk about there's three different castes and then there's like within those castes there's divisions and then there's they haven't split to join the camaria yet but they talk about how that's coming and then they talk about the warriors and the viziers and the sorcerers. And then they talk about how the, you know, the Sabbat part. And then there's the guys who are probably going to break up the different factions within the loyalists and the warriors and the, the different factions. And so um, it, it, they placed an awful lot of importance and attention on the Asimites in Revised, which as one of my not favorite clans, I wasn't yeah. thrilled to see. Um, uh I mean, I felt a little bit differently during the revised era. I was happy to see the expansion of the Asimites because I really liked them, and I felt like their concept in second edition was too narrow. And I, 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 I felt like they worked better. Um, if you ever read uh, Veil of Night, which was the Dark Ages vampire Islamic vampires book. Oh no, um, I remember it. Yeah, for for Dark Ages, yeah. I think that's probably how they should have handled Islamic or Middle Eastern vampires rather than building out this entire clan and then having to build it up into this larger thing. Um, I felt like that, like a covenant type of approach to that would have worked better. I mean, and I think, I think that this is the direction that we're going to go with our, um, our topic here is that, is a you've hit on two points, or this is kind of like foreshadowing what we're going to talk about here. We've hit on two points. One, that the roadmap that these guys had as they were developing was not laid out with like a ten-year plan or anything, and they were kind of making shit up as they were going along. Right. And second, that when you, this references the Requiem game, where there's a lot more focus on covenants over clans as a cultural entity, and that those. Covenants can serve as more of an umbrella that have a lot of different types of people underneath them rather than as a very narrow concept. Right, which is where they started taking the Asimites because they had to to do the things that they wanted to do with them. But yeah. they didn't do that with – I I should back up. They, they did it with some of the other clans but not all of the other clans. It's true. So you had you know the Zimiche where there were multiple factions within the Zimiche. You had um, – Oh, who are some of the other ones? Like the Sombra are fairly monolithic. The Venture are fairly monolithic. The Bruja have some schisms because there's the Truha, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, there's <laughs> the Philosophers, and then there's the, the 
anarchs like yeah. younger bruja the 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 firebrands um so some of the clans got these divisions but others right. didn't and it felt like picking favorites um and I, it really did it was kind of like um 40k syndrome where it was like oh look space marines have a new book i bet it's fucking awesome oh look at all this crazy shit they get and then like oh you you don't play space marines oh here's right. some here's some shit you know just to get you through the night you know yeah and and yeah so they ended up playing favorites with a lot of them which was weird because some of their favorites didn't get as much attention as you would have thought like the toreador and the Ventrue, like, they never did anything <laughs> interesting with either of those clans. I, I mean, it, they were both such great ideas. And right. Then, and then they, it almost was like they, they sort of at some point didn't know what to do with I, them. Yeah, like, I think how, they didn't want to make them interesting. the brand, whereas with the Asimites, like, it could be argued they were fairly offensive. Like, hey, it's a, a clan of assassins, and they all just happen to wear turbans and come from the Middle East. Well, the thing is, okay, th- that's the thing, though, is that... that we were talking about this in episode one, like, the difference between... Maybe we were talking about this on, on Full Metal... But there's always been this difference in vampire between what they write and then what happens when you play. Right. And and in the second edition era, you had the Asmites in the player's handbook, and you had just regular dudes being all like, "Oh man, I want to play Asmite because it's freaking cool, and I'll be an assassin." I mean, you have to remember this is the era when like assassin movies were kind of a thing, like the professional. Right. And, assassins. and they had the La Femme Nikita template in the La Femme Nikita book. Right. Exactly. And. So that was a, that was a cultural force that was going on, and you got like a lot of a lot of chubby white nerds like sitting around the house being like, "I want to play an assassin," but that doesn't mean I want to play like a jihadist. And we didn't really know what the, that even was at that point. We, that was that was something that was in the news that our parents probably understood, but we right. sure as shit didn't understand. We all wanted to play Leon, you know what I'm saying, the professional. Right. And so people started making Leon the professional characters. Um, and uh, well, I'm the one guy who's a little bit different, you know what I'm saying? And they had to kind of expand the franchise to make room for the player concepts that were happening. You know, so I, I feel like I feel like the expansion of the Asimites was. Yeah, but didn't they have them in first edition as well? Like, or were they purely a player's guide add-on? Because I thought well, a lot of that groundwork got laid in first edition. I, I don't have edition? a copy of first edition in it. Because so. in, in first first edition is a weird ass. I, right. I don't have it in front of me either, yeah. and it's a and that is a weird ass game. I mean, on some level, it's very different. Each 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 iteration of the core rules has been a little bit different than the last. But to the best of my knowledge, uh, first edition had um, had uh, the Camarilla clans in it. Right. The and seven. Yeah. The seven. Yeah. And I don't I don't even know where. To the best of my knowledge, the Sabbat clans don't even show up until second edition. Right. It, 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 there, there was the first edition storyteller's guide that had like Bali in it and like other weird crap, like Salubri and Bali. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like infernalism rules and shit. But like that was kind of like a weird book that like it had Blood Brothers in it for some weird reason. I, mean, I remember the first edition storyteller's guide having Blood Brothers. It would have so had it, to have had Zimmerschaft. So had mu- Blood Brothers. It though, must have had some kind of Sabbat guys in it. Right. Because they're a, a product of that yeah. sect. So. It had gargoyles in it. So, I mean, like, I know that you and I are always talking about, like, oh, well, this is where, like, vampires started getting all gonzo. Right. <laughs> Which like, we kind of agreed. Yeah. <laughs> there was never this golden era that we remember it. So we were talking yeah. about this earlier. Yeah. And, and in particular, going over one of these books that we'll be discussing, we realized we're looking at the past through rose-tinted glasses. There was never Super this— rose-tinted. There was never this golden era where just like everything made sense and it was just like on point and it was really well done and it was moody and evocative and it didn't have any baggage. It always had baggage. It was just I was younger 
And I was able to either ignore the baggage or pick the parts out that I liked. And as I get older and I read these books, maybe it's just like as you get older, you just start ossifying more in your thoughts and, and your you know and your routines and everything. And I so mean, you clearly. just go, I have to use this because it's in the book. And you really don't have to do that. Because I will say the one benefit from this entire exercise is it made me a lot more charitable to um, – uh, what I was reading in Lore of the Clans. And it made me a lot more charitable to what I was reading in um, in the Red List in particular, because that book I, I had a lot of issues with. Um, but I mean, but re- reading it now, like looking back, I'm like, oh, okay, I can just ignore the parts I don't like, keep the parts I do. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, to be totally honest, I don't think it's old age that, that does that, because I feel like I was my most zealous in my 20s where I was like in my 20s all the way into my like early 30s where I was like I was I mean okay look you got to remember back in like the late 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. I was a cannon hound I was like I was all about like like a look at page 96 on the, the second column over mid page there's a there's a heading called uh playing games with death and then yeah. underneath it, you know and it's like I was all about that shit and I have backed up off of that so much because because the the older I get, the more I feel like oh fuck this man like I don't really care like I just want to have a good time with my friends. Yeah, you know? I just I don't know. I felt I was a when I was a lot younger, I was I don't I was kind of insufferable from like the age of seventeen to like I don't I'll go like twenty four. Um, <laughs> I'm still insufferable. I don't know what you're talking about, man. More insufferable. But anyway, I, I was just you know I was obnoxious. I know all this. Stuff. I don't need people to tell me what to do. I can make my own decisions. Nobody controls me. I'm not part of your system, man. And you know like I'm I'm on the edge. I'm out there on the edge. I'm reading you know like little Chim Mouse book, and I've got you know the Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged. And oh I've got no. All these books and. I was just, you know, like I'm out there, you know, reading just, you know, uh, books just for the sake of being obnoxious, you know, just to like be seen on the bus reading the Communist Manifesto and stuff. You and and I have both suffered from smartest guy in the room syndrome at one point or another. We've, and I think we've we've both butted heads because of that. Yeah, I'm saying, but to be totally honest, that is not an uncommon malady. It's not for yeah, for like I don't know, and not it's just like for I like. 20-something white guys, like, that's just kind of <laughs> what we do. It's a stereotype for a reason, you know? Yeah, like, that's just yeah. kind of the pattern we fall into. And Apologies, all, world. Yeah, well, we all kind of, like, it, yeah, we all kind of did it. It was just, yeah. like, it was that era, that age, and that, I don't know, just, like, that zeitgeist, I guess. We were all listening to Nirvana and... Oh, not me. Whatever else. I, I don't know. I was listening to Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, and then I was, you know, Nine Inch Nails, Typo Negative. Sure, okay. I'll take all those except Nirvana. Like Joy never, Division Nirvana fan. and all that stuff. And so I just was listening to a lot of that alternative type of music and being like, oh, you know, I'm I'm not part of society. I'm like yeah. my own thing. I listen to Stone Temple Pilots, like the, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the, the most top 40 like yeah. alt-rock yeah. band there is. Nirvana, the biggest band in the world right now. Clearly, I am not part of a civilization. <laughs> Clearly, I am a free thinker. And so I like to think I've gotten better since then. Yeah. I probably haven't. Um, no, no, it's not true. Age has mellowed us both. Age has mellowed us both, man. Seriously. So, yeah. Anyway, I will say that. That, like, it, it's made me appreciate those. So I can say, um, if you don't have the clan books, Lord of the Clans is good. Um, you'll get out of it what you put into it like if if there's stuff yeah. that annoys you just toss it away and and ignore it um that's an endorsement to me i think that's right. an endorsement and, and and it's good um hunter's hunted looks like it has promised it looks like it's a roll-up of uh the inquisition um uh halls of the arcanum and 
the other one? Oh, Pod, Project Twilight. Project Twilight. So yeah. it looks uh, like it rolls up a lot books of all. those. Great books all. It looks like it rolls up a lot of those. So if you don't have those, um, that one looks like it's promising. I'll let you know after I read it. And Do. then um, Red List is, I, I still can't heartily endorse it, but like I get what they were going for. And the fact that, you know, I'm not the target market for it in no way diminishes what they were doing. Um, well, here, here's the it's thing. It's weird. It's, what, it's weird. Like when the, you consider that the original Red List book was kind of patchy itself, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's five persona books for Masquerade. And two of them are very superior, and three of them are, nah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Children of the Night, I like that one. Yeah, that and, one uh, was very good. Children of the Inquisition. Children Brilliant. of the Inquisition. Yeah. But then, like, I haven't read Children of the Revolution. I haven't read that one. Don't own it. Uh, and then the two red, uh, the one red list books that, I, red list book that I own, the original one, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you won't like this one. It, it doesn't really do anything to improve on it. So. Right. Um, if you want to hunt red lists, it's got a bunch of stuff on Alistor's. The people that they've replaced and the people they've replaced them with don't really have a lot recommending for them. And then they kept a lot of the ones that I didn't really like, like Pitaquanya and Kimitiri and Valerius Meyer. Like I, I actually kind of like Valerius Meyer. I used him in a game once. Um, he's got a like, great name. Yeah, he's got a great name. And then like uh, Dylan Bruce and uh, some of the other ones is just kind of like, uh, I, oh, and a rabbit, like the Nosferatu with like, fleas that infest people with blood plague or something it's like this concept that i want nothing to do with um so yeah there's a bunch of them in there where you're just kind of like uh yeah well what have you been up to uh, um i guess what i have been up to is um i still haven't i still haven't played my first uh episode of uh requiem yet that's coming up this weekend upcoming and then, um, so I'll, next time I see you, I'll have a better report as to how that's going. Character Great. creation went very well. Um, then, um, just yesterday, I did a, uh, two days ago, rather, I did a character creation for a Ravenloft actual play that we're going to be doing on FMRPG. And that's using the second edition Advanced Dungeons Dragons rules to right, play through the 1983 module. Curse of Strahd is not out yet. Not out yet. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, March don't, 8th. Don't, Right. I mean, don't be thinking we're doing that there, guys. We are doing the original shit. Um, and, and, dude, that was just so fun. If it, if, if you're thinking about picking up some AD&D shit and rolling up some characters and playing it, I highly recommend this as an, as an exercise. And then um, I've been so into Lamentations of the Flame Princess lately. Um, Heather's been wanting to do, like, a like a side campaign outside of Out of the Abyss where she can get, like, more practice and kind of, like, get more immersed in role-playing. So I'm putting together a Lamentations campaign to play with her. I love Lamentations of the Flame Princess. I just highly, highly, highly uh, endorse it. And it's so brutal. It's such a harsh game. She's playing a first-level magic user that has three hit points. All right? Your character suffers a mortal wound at negative three. So it states specifically that that magic, you cannot recover using magic. And you are instantly killed at negative four. So it's just like, I mean... A so hit, a solid six hit. Six hit points to play with. Yeah, a solid hit from yeah. uh, from we'll, a, from we'll a D6 you. could kill our character immediately. Yep. Um, nice. Yeah, that's what I'm up to. It's just been busy. As, it's been busy as fuck at FMRPG, and we're just like cranking out a lot of stuff. And so, if you listen to that podcast, and we hope you do, then you know um, you'll be hearing a lot about it. Well, I got my shirt. I'll be rocking that. So oh, thank killer. you for that. Well, thank you for rocking it. I appreciate it. And thank you for everything that you do for for this podcast, for that podcast. We're very very fortunate to have you on the team. 
Um, so let's get into this fucking black hand shit. Huh? All right, think? let's get into the black hand stuff. Yeah. So we'll we'll start chronologically. Earliest yeah, let's do it. Edition first. So that's going to be uh, Players and Storytellers Guide to the Sabbath from Second Edition. Um, yeah. Those are going to be the uh, the red and purple covered mm-hmm. books that say the Sabbath in either red or purple. Red is uh, players, players, and purple is storytellers. Yes. Uh, Purple has the much better cover of the guy standing in the oh, so, I, Yeah, so much better. And the players, um, we're not going to talk about it. Uh, we'll just ignore that. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, it's got a cover. Google it. There's people on it. Laugh. Um, yeah. So, all right. We'll, we'll dig into that one. So, I don't remember tons of details about, um, about the black hand in those two books. Well, okay. So, here's the thing. I, when we when we came up with the idea for this, I started breaking my brain trying to be like, well, where? Let's go back to the source. Let's let's be kind of like biblical scholars, and let's try right. and find like the oldest known gospels that we can about um, the black hand. And, and this is primarily going to be the the false hand or the or the. Oh well, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I started. I I went I went out and I reacquired a copy of the Player's Guide to the Sabbath and the Storyteller's Handbook to the Sabbath because my first recollection of of the Black Hand showing up was in this edition. I it may be in first, and if it is, and you are listening and you know this, then write us, tell us. We want to hear this constructive yeah, criticism because we don't have copies of first. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, like like that the, was bef- that, that was really before my time. I I, I didn't yeah, have first. And, and I, never. No, me neither. I see it every so often used, but I've never picked it up. Hey, yeah, well, I, I, yeah. Why would you? <laughs> so I, uh, I, I, I read these briefly, specifically the parts that had to do uh, with the black hand. And so, in in explaining what the Sabbath is, in the Player's Guide to the Sabbath, which is really the first book that allows you to play a Sabbath character and really breaks it open, it introduces the Lysambra and the Zimisius clans, introduces right. Uptemperation, Victus And the structure, and mm-hmm. the Valdery, and the All Pax, stuff. and the Regents, and that whole hierarchy. And when, when, when these books came out, this was like brand new shit. This was like mind-blowing shit, right? Um, and so I found a few things... About the black hand, and it's they're very they're very interesting. Um, first of all, one of the things that it states about the black hand is that uh, the the black hand is composed almost entirely of asimites. Yes, and that that trend actually continues um, through some of the later books. Like that, that Cain's chosen says uh, really similar things. Um, it, it makes a point that that's not. Uh, entirely led by the Asimites anymore, but it does make a point of the like a, a majority of the leadership is still Asimites. On um, page twenty one in this book, it gives you about a column and then a half on the next overleaf about what the Black Hand is, and so and, and really seriously, this is it. There's there's a few more references to it in this book, but this section here, maybe like seven paragraphs is what you get if you want to play a black hand character. Right. And it doesn't talk about any of the signature characters who run it like Jalan or No, uh, this or, is before uh, their time. That other guy, it's not Karsh. Karsh is the the warlord for the uh Camarilla, the other guy. Um I think it mentions one guy in here who you never hear of again. Like there's a name that is dropped at some point 
And then Fairly I can never... Fairly standard for second edition vampire to mention characters who are never brought up again. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Um, Juha, which is spelled D-J-U-H-A-H. Are you familiar with this guy? Yeah, I think he does show up again. He's the Seraph of the Black Hand. Yeah, I, I think he shows serif. up again. I think he shows up again. Yeah, so... um. I, I, I don't remember him like ever again after after that. I mean, at least not in, in terms of the, the black hand stuff. And in this context, um, it states specifically that the black hand is the martial wing of the Sabbat. That it's like it's like a cadre of elite vampiric warriors who uh, essentially do sort of like asymmetrical warfare type shit against the Camarilla. And, and it kind of leaves it at that. Like, if you wanted to play, like, a super kind of Black Ops-themed vampire, then you were going to be a Black Hand guy. And they give them this kind of mystique. They've got this cool name, the Black Hand. They've got this cool kind of, like... To be totally honest, I don't think that the Crescent Moon logo even shows up in here. Oh, hey, here He's he is. Children of the Night. Juha. The Ju- Juha, yeah. So it's got uh, a few of them, and they're primarily Asmites. Um is he an Jalan Ajav, Seraph of the Black Hand, and he is Gangrel. So Jalan is Gangrel. Okay, I thought oh, he was an Asmite. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so he's the one who's possibly also Karsh. Um, oh, on, right. Right. And then there's Juha, Seraph of the Black Hand, and he is Asmite and Teacher you. Then there's Izum Urbal, Seraph of the Black Hand. He's an Asmite and Teacher you. Um and then there is Emelech, and he is clan unknown uh, and sire unknown, th- possibly a Malkavian. Um, <laughs> Great. So, yeah, um, <laughs> so- sounds swell. Um, so here in, in this book, there's uh, a lot of talk about how the, the hand is predominantly Asimite, that it was that it was used as this martial wing and it was kind of created in a sense to give the Asimites like something to do almost. Yeah. <laughs> there the, you go, with, kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go nuts. Yeah. Like within the framework of the Sabbath. But then it kind of eludes this idea that there's like something up, like something's going on in the Black Hand, and that the and that the regents and the people who are in charge of the Sabbath don't necessarily like trust the Black Hand. And it kind of starts building that that idea. And the way that it's written is in this classic, like, second D style, where it's like, oh, this is the like, choose-your-own-adventure kind of story fodder. Mm-hmm. But if you're really into the, the canonical stuff, you could see it as a um, foreshadowing of the reunification of the of the um, Asimites and the rise of Urshulgi and uh, essentially the mass defi- defection, I almost said defecation, <laughs> mass de- Same defection thing. of the um, Asimites from the Sabbath. Um, oh, no, that was mass, it was mass defection to the Camarilla from, of the, the viziers and sorcerer case because the warriors took over. Um, and the hardline oh, loyalist warriors took over, and they defected to the Camarilla. The so, one they didn't lose very many from the Sabbat to the Camarilla. Like they, they tended to stay put. It was the Asimite clan itself schismed and fractured. It, it's it's impossible to talk about. It's turning out that it's impossible and to talk about the Black Hand. I just talking about the Asimites. For a fascinating thing, um, if you look online, there's an additional note that didn't make it into the Asimite clan book from the guy who wrote it, the revised one, where they talk a little bit more about Ol Shugli and what he is 
Uh-huh. Um, and it's very interesting. Like, it, it hints at the fact that he is potentially a member of the Bali or, like, an infernalist. Oh, of course. I mean, um, of course, he would have to be, because everybody is, is right? right. Everyone important... of any level of yeah. power is. So they, they hint at the fact that uh, he was embraced by Hakim, thrown into this pit where the Bali were formed. Oh, are you serious? And he crawled his way out, and then Hakim tried to... Tried to uh, um, I don't reform him or something, and uh, yeah, it, it's where is this? It's online. You can find it online if you look for it. It's fascinating. I'll see if I can send you a link to it. Yeah, I'd like but to see it, that. Theor- supposedly, I, it's it's from the original author's notes, and I was like, well, that in theory explains some of the stuff that, that you, they talk about in that book. If you can find that, put that on the um, Shadow Sworn Radio. Okay, Facebook. I'll stick that on the on the Facebook page too. It's it's fascinating. I, I found it years ago and when I read it, it was like I was like, oh, okay, some of that makes a lot more sense now. Now, there's another thing in this player's guide that I feel like I have to mention, and that is this. And I was surprised to find this because I do not remember this from my misspent adolescence. On page thirty seven I find what I believe to be the first reference to the old clan Zimacy, where oh, yeah. under the, the, the title Zimache of the old country, the Zimacies. This is for the Zimacies yeah. with an S yeah. of the old country. Yeah. And then there's actually a part in, towards the bottom of the page. It says in quotes the old clan. Right. Right. Now this is important because I at this point started developing a theory that Dirty Secrets of the Black Hand was not written as a rogue book but was actually written as the third book in a trilogy. Because if you then go to Storyteller's Handbook of the Sabbath, mm-hmm. it expands on all of the ideas you find in here. Really? And Yeah, and it's very interesting. And then the ideas that are expanded on in here are taken to this absurd, cranked up to 11 level in this book. The problem I've always had with the idea that it is a rogue book um, and that it somehow was this disgruntled employee or yeah. whatever, developer, designer, is... Why would you spend the money printing it? Exactly. Uh, he, there's art direction that has to go on, so there have to be notes. They have to get the text so that they can edit and revise it. So at any point, they could have stopped this thing yeah. if, if it was not supposed to come out. The other yeah, thing I, is, I, I hear you. I feel art-wise, you. conceptually, and uh, text-wise, and look and feel, it it locks into all of the other books that were coming out at that time. It's very consistent. And there was plenty of other ridiculousness that has nothing to do with dirty secrets of the black hand that was coming out at around that same time <laughs> like chaos factor and dark alliance vancouver and any number of those books where like uh. they just went on some ridiculous tangent oh rage across the amazon any number of those books where they went on some ridiculous tangent where you're going i i'm not exactly sure what you wanted to do with this um yeah and so i i think thematically i would have a hard time arguing that um dirty secrets of the black hand was somehow this book that wasn't supposed to be made yeah i mean the the fact of the matter is is that that tale is apocryphal at best and um there are there are other books there are other confirmed uh white wolf books that were shelved and then never saw the light of day right and those manuscripts are out there and they float around some people you you meet them at cons you hear them on podcasts and they've seen the transcripts or whatever i mean we know that uh that fucking uh, convention book, Void Engineers or Progenitors, that that was just like sitting in a shelf somewhere for like 10 years before they finally just finally got around to publishing it just recently. Within the last couple of years, I mean. But um, to sort of wrap this book up, 
the only other thing left in it are some kind of crunchy things where there's a, 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 a knowledge skill called black hand lore. Right. And then they had all those lures for all of the different mm-hmm. sects and subsects. And then there was a black hand membership merit. Right. That, or, oh, merit. Not, not okay. merit. No background. 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 Yeah, I was going to say it's probably. Yeah, you, you're right. Yeah. It's a black hand. It's a, it's, it's a background. And, you can, and, and, and at this point, it buys you at five dots all the way up to essentially supreme, very high level membership in what we will start to refer as the false hand. Right. Um, but we, we haven't even got to that yet. Next comes the Storyteller's Handbook to the Sabbath. And, and right away, they start kind of getting into this whole idea of like, well, whatever it was you thought was going on isn't really going on. Because, first of all, it kind of gets into this into the um, workings of the black hand a little bit more. There's way more history, so you can start getting like a better sense of what the black hand is. It starts getting into all this like Sabbath Civil War. Does crap it talk about its origins at all? Because no, they, okay, they rele- they leave that till this next book, right? But what they do get into, which is kind of interesting, is this idea that the Kistut is disease, and that. Which I was another one I thought was the first showed up in Dirty Secrets of the Black Hand, but no, it's in Storyteller's Handbook to the Sabbath. Okay, and it has this whole thing, and 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 the that that entire idea that I had, which to be perfectly clear is an idea that I hate on many deep uh, primal levels. Yes, Um, it's a piece of shit. It is a horrible idea, Uh, and they will muddle the concept of. Of vampire, it muddles the entire concept of, and it mixes it with a bunch of that Tellurian crap, and it just—I'm not a huge fan of it. Don't love it. Yeah, me neither. Because by the time third edition revised comes around, they will have sort of retconned this again, and the Kissitude will essentially be the way that the Zimisi Antediluvian manifests himself in members of the clan, which is actually what it ends up being if you have the Gehenna book. Rolling my eyes. Um, <laughs> if you have the Gehenna book, they th- there is a scenario where that comes up in there. Yeah, where he's like adding members of the Zimache clan to his bulk because they are comprised of the Kissitude contaminated right. with it, and then he like absorbs it. Yeah, but and he can't be destroyed because he's because right because time... he is Vicissitude. So yeah. essentially, it's like that Brainiac thing where if even a fragment of Brainiac survives, exactly. Brainiac can be rebuilt. Exactly. Uh, same thing with Zimache Antediluvian. As long as one person has Vicissitude. Zimache Antediluvian can come back. Same thing, kind of. They did a similar thing with Osambra, where he like he became an abyssal entity. Um, oh yeah, I mean, it, well, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. had that whole thing <laughs> with like, oh, the we're killing the Antediluvians, but no Antediluvians are actually. But dead. not really, except for Salat. But not really, except for Cappadocius. But kind of really for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like the he's like Aunt May. He's like yeah. the only one that he's ever like, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah, he's the only one who like got killed and it stuck. Um, everybody else kind of came back. And then I guess some of the other antediluvians like Bruja and some of the others. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, a sidebar in uh, player's guide that talks about, it's very interesting because you had to remember that these books are written in like 94 or something. Right. So it's like 93, 94. So this is when like, there's a lot of AIDS crisis, AIDS awareness going on. Right. And there's this, and there's this whole um, sidebar about, um, bloodborne disease in the Sabbath, right? And and this is a theme that will play out across all three of these books. And it's taken as a sidebar, and you, when you first read it, you're like, oh, this is kind of like an edgy, kind of like, oh, be aware of bloodborne disease kind of thing. And they talk right. about how through the Valdry, where vampires like share their blood in a, in a communal like uh, 
like like vessel, and then they all drink from it to form loyalty to one another. Right. But yes. it's possible to spread a lot of disease here. But then when you get to the Storyteller's Handbook, then you realize anybody who's drinking vicissitude blood has a possibility of A, manifesting vicissitude spontaneously, and B, there's a new system for using vicissitude that causes you to go insane. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So it's like as you level up in vicissitude, you, you have get to get crazier. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. You have to take these uh, these derangement rolls. All right? and, and it's a non-humanity loss or road loss uh, uh, derangement roll. And then it even gives you these cool little like um, uh, tips on how to role play the derangement, where it's like, no, no, you don't become like a Malkavian. It's not like you're like walking around like rubbing your feces all over everything. It just talks about how you start becoming cool and detached and removed, kind of like this body snatchers thing that's right. going on. And so those are the two big points that they kind of like really the, the, where they, they are hinting at a greater thing to so come. So they lay some groundwork. Okay. Yeah, they lay some groundwork. That I makes mean, a lot of sense. And can I just, for a minute, as an aside, talk about how much I love the art in these two? Oh, um, Jesus, gorgeous, so uh, good, amazing. There's that one of the guy uh, wiping the his hand on his. That I think they used it for Smudge and like the Jihad card game. Yes, such a good picture, such and it's in picture. that book. Um, yeah. I love the little pictures for the uh, the little toolkit characters that the, they put the in there. The NPCs. It's not even like a full face. It's just like yeah. three quarters of the face or even half the face. It's so um, good and evocative. This is Tim, um, Bo- Tim Brook, right? Tim Brook, yeah, back when Tim Brook was like, doing his best work. Um, and this is where you get the... Um, the crescent moon symbol. The crescent moon symbol, yeah, right? black hand. And yeah. that reminds me, in, in um, Player's Guide, mm-hmm. there's all these like these little, like, oh, here are some things that Sabbath characters do that uh, camera characters don't. And there's one thing called the Sabbath handshake. <laughs> I'm just like, nice. I was like reading it. I was like, like cracking up. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. like oh, we're doing the Sabbath handshake. Yep. What does that look like? I challenge somebody to come up with a Sabbath handshake and put it on YouTube. I challenge yeah, you. There do you it. Go. We'll see what they come up with. <laughs> do, it, do it or you're nothing. <laughs> I would think it would just involve like punching someone in the face or <laughs> lighting a road flare in front of them. I don't yeah, know. Jesus. Aiming it at their neck. But you are completely right, man. The art in these books is just so superior. And compared to, and we're going to get to this in a minute because you're pointing this out over dinner, some of the like over the top artwork that you start seeing in later books, like some of this art is so understated. And yet it is like so rich and just evocative and just makes you want to play. Yeah, but even the stuff that is kind of over the top is still fun. Like you're looking at a picture right now of someone like tied to the hood of a car um, with with like a gang of vampires driving it with like a look of terror on their face. And even that's like not – it could be ridiculous, but in the context of the book, it's not. It yeah. works. Um, so, yeah, it's there's a lot of just really uh, – I, I feel like the tie between – the artwork and the text was really strong in these books. And there's this guy, his, his, he, he signs his pictures, Doog, D-O-O-G, and he does this pen and ink line work that's really cross-hatchy and kind of and just and just rough. Yeah, and very what, wraithy almost. It's, it, I think well, I he think did he a lot did, of the work he, he for He did Wraith. a lot of Wraith. Yeah. He, they moved him to Wraith, I think. And yeah. when I bought this book, he, it made me flip my shit, this art. It just, just filled my head up because you have to read so much into it. It's just so mood inspiring i still look at the way he draws trees and it right. just makes me freak out They're just gnarled and and horrible looking yeah it yeah. looks so creepy and ghastly anyway so out of that book on to the fucking main event now dirty <laughs> secrets of the black hand dirty secrets of the purple black text hand. over green very hard to read very um, hard to thank read. you the joker 
uh, and then black <laughs> hand in red over top of a, a black ink hand. Uh, if anyone plays Skyrim, th- it this preceded the. Uh, the oh, the, do they have a hand in that too? <laughs> yeah, the, I, th- I think it preceded that. Uh, anyway, I played but, Skyrim. Um, but, it, look, but there's dude, the, look. the 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 Dark Brotherhood or whatever the assassins in that game. They have a the we know under the black hand print. Oh, I see. Because I see that sometimes. I'm yeah. like, is that a vampire thing? No, nope. That's uh, that's Skyrim. But Dark if you if, if you look at this, the amalgamation of the red and the purple mm-hmm. goes perfectly with the amalgamation of the red of and the, the red and the purple. Right that, here. You're right. That so, does. It works. It it ties together. So you, yeah, again, I don't think this is an accident. Art, like look at this. The way that this watercolor art is red and purple predominantly. And then, so this was written by by Stephen C. Brown. Does he show up in either of the other two books? Let's I take wonder. a gander. Let's find out. I'm curious. I don't know. I'm just asking because I'm curious. He did the the um, storyteller's handbook. Okay. And the players. And handbook. he did the players' guide. So obviously this was not some rogue lunatic. Clearly, but yeah. Right. So debunked. So debunked. All right. I will consider that proof that this is the natural progression of those books. This is so so so. Here we have where <laughs> it's almost kind of like a Star Wars trilogy where you start off with a new hope and things are kind of like like big cool things are happening right. but they're but they're toned down. Empire is the storyteller's handbook where you're kind of like, whoa, this is getting deeper. Yeah. And then Dirty Six of the Black Hand is fucking like... Fucking Ewoks everywhere. Fucking Ewoks everywhere. Oh, like, we fucked it up. Like another we were, Death Star? We were headed in a dark direction, and <laughs> now it's just Ewoks and shit. Yeah. All right. Um, so so yeah, do you, you want to you let us in on what some of, what, some of the, the delightful things that this book holds? I mean, this sure. is just... Sure. So oh, very Jesus. first thing, the first page, um, you open it up, and uh, you get to, to chapter one, and the art is... Um, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure how to describe this. Uh, dominatrix in a cathedral, holding a sword, wearing sunglasses. Like it's <laughs> well, I mean, okay, it's odd. Um, it, it's very. She's wearing a full leather trench coat. So like, you start to get that like katana wielding trench coat mm, vampire stereotype already in this book. That having been said, this is a Leaf Jones drawing, and so I right. completely forgive it. Because it's it's a good drawing. I'm not saying it's a bad drawing. Leaf Jones from this era, man, he totally does it. He for was me. killing it. He did it really. He did a nice job in Montreal. Probably some of his best work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I love just the uh, the over the top uh, language in this book. It's it's this is a book of dark secrets revealed. You'll come to know the dark, dirty secrets of the Black Hand. It's politics, beliefs, rituals, spiritualism, motivations, clans, bloodlines, disciplines, thaumaturgy, merits and flaws, abilities, backgrounds, and even its vile methods, which may win a prize for longest sentence that's also a paragraph <laughs> um, because the ends the thought there. Um, just commas everywhere in there. So, uh, moving further in, uh, the art, I can tell you, does get better. Uh, It starts to talk about the Black Hand revealed, and essentially... um, This is the page that I'm on, and this... Yeah, the origins of the Black Hand. Cool picture on it, guy in this, like, plague mask thing um, with the ivy in the doorway behind him. Very evocative. Nice job. Uh, This starts talking about their origins as, like, a Middle Eastern death cult run by the Euthanatos, of all things, (laughs) who are the death mages from... Mage the Ascension. Exactly. So right here on page 11, where it says the Black Hand Revealed, I feel like this is where this book goes from being like an interesting source book to being like... <laughs> Off the rails. It's like its own game. Yeah. It's like it basically, if in, over the course of three or four paragraphs, it describes that And this is page 11, mind you. Page and 11. the book started on page 7. So it didn't take them long to get to the crazy. This thing is like 0 to 60 in like five pages. And, and like... 
it's a it's like it's a 120 page book so they have a they have a lot of shit they're gonna do (laughs) yes and it is yeah it is so much worse than i remember it um just in terms of just the ludicrousness and just the off the wall zaniness stuff that they do in here I, like it, it's there's these things called soul eaters. I mean, okay, they're the source of vicissitude. Yeah, it, yeah. they take that shit about the about vicissitude being and a disease. The and and, and the, now it's a alien infestation. But they're they're not really aliens because they're from the the Tellurian, right? They're, well, they're from the they're from the the Umbra. The Umbra, right? But the, isn't the Tellurian one of the layers of the Umbra or something? I can't remember. There's there's like the different layers depending on where you're at. I was just um, reading this. There's some. Th- oh my god! I was reading this uh, like over dinner, and there's like the, there was this this section that made me just want to like <laughs> like eat a gun. Eat a gun. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Oh, the Shadow Crusade is what I was reading. It was like, was it the Shadow Crusade? Was this is where they're talking about how they just like absolutely have to destroy all the Vakistude monsters? But the story, <laughs> of <laughs> and yet, like they, they they talk about how they're instrumental in founding the Sabbat and everything creating the Valdery, which is propagating the vicissitude monsters. Dude, so it's, like, uh, like, it, like pick a side guys. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. This book, like, like the first thing it tells you is like, okay, so it turns out that the black hand that you thought you knew understand is being just the martial wing of the Sabbath being sort of like this vampiric army. No, that's actually bullshit. The real black hand, which it starts referring to as being the Manus Nigrum or the true hand or the, right. The yeah. true black hand, or oh oh oh, the, the name of this other name, Ra. the Talmahi Ra, yeah, is Which actually was the this, name of the cult. Yeah, this 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 mystery cult that goes back to like the beginning of like recorded history, and and essentially makes it the the first vampiric sect. Um, before there were ever any other vampiric sects, there was the black hand. Right, and um, then it gets into this shit about the soul eaters, and their war against the soul eaters. It starts telling you about how like how the Black Hand sees itself as being the army of the Antediluvians, despite the fact that they work for the Sabbat, which are the enemies of the Antediluvians. They don't work for the Sabbat. The Sabbat works for them. And the other thing is, um, they are opposed to the Diablery of the Antediluvians, but they themselves as a sect are all about Diablery because it brings you closer to the Antediluvians. <sighs> so, like, just random, random insanity that it makes no it, it just it doesn't make sense to me yeah um it's so just full of weird just bonkers crap yeah and they can belong to any of the passive enlightenment in the sabbath which some of them would seem to be like antithetical to <laughs> uh what they're trying to do here uh, there's there's a section where it starts talking about the the structure of the black hand which is which by the way um it takes place in like a secret fortress in the ghost world, and you have to go to the ghost world in order to like get yeah, to Enoch. it. Enoch, yeah, Enoch, the second city. And, and there's a section where it talks about like how the true the true goals of the Black Hand are never spoken about openly, except for when they are in Enoch. And it's like, wait, what? Like when they're not in Enoch, how do they communicate? Yeah. What they're supposed it's to like do? It's like a million wraiths who could listen into this stuff, but we're safe talking about it here. Yeah, so that's Enoch, the city Cain built. That's on page ninety-one. Which I can't decide if they're a Cain cult or an antediluvian cult or like what's going on here. At this point, it seems to be taking those two ideas as being the same thing, which blew my which mind. Which doesn't make any sense because yeah. Cain cursed and tossed out the antediluvians, and the, yeah. the 
Cain's Chosen talks about that and how they're opposed to the antediluvians because Cain cursed them oh and they're my Cain's God. true childer and they expect to be rewarded by him come Gehenna. But so, in this one, it's all talking about how they expect to be rewarded by the by antediluvians, antediluvians. Yeah. for their loyalty, their extreme loyalty. And, and also, we all saw how that worked out when Ravenos arose and oh, they yeah. ran to go help him and <laughs> he just didn't pay them any mind whatsoever well did they actually then, help him they didn't yeah, right they, they ran to go help the him. black hand did yeah members of tamahe ra like like went to go assist him and he paid them no heed and no mind like he was just like i don't know who you dickholes are like get away from me um <laughs> meanwhile the uh the 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 mages of the technocracy were unleashing Mr. Spirit Freeze's m- m- Mr. Freeze's big plan from the end of Batman and Robin, <laughs> <laughs> and it had a giant solar flare that was reflecting light around the world. To, to, the, the, to, the space panels, yeah, the space and reflecting panel. the yeah. sun on them after yeah. they spirit nuked the place. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And wasn't uh, wasn't that a uh, that void engineer, whatever his name was, was like transporting. The nuke, the spirit nuke, to go or no one of the relic nukes to go oh, there. Oh, the relic nukes! And it got set off in Enoch and like blew up their base. Yeah, yeah. And like he bl- just happened to be flying over Enoch when uh, it went <laughs> off and like it could have been anywhere. I can't remember what that guy's name is. Spaceman Jones or something like oh that. Oh my it's god! Some, I thought it was something Jones. This is ridiculous. As, oh it, my god! So so ridiculous. So I have I, I have often pointed out to Adam. I've often I've I've often made this vociferous case that like like while pounding my chest and getting rather like red in the face, that um, the dirty secrets of the black hand is where vampire somehow went off the rails and started getting into this like weird kind of like story of this like phony baloney war where all the fucking like supernatural creatures are fighting each other right. and shit and it's kind of like very underworldish style and what adam has pointed out to me and what has been verified by reading the material is that they were working towards that point for a long time yeah from the beginning and um it, it blew my mind to realize this yeah. book came out in fucking like it, all the art says 1994 yep and it's like copyright let's see copyright is 1994 yep so i mean like how long had a vampire even been out at that point? Second edition, not you know? very long. I mean, it's um, just like it's just yeah. Like, so it's there was no golden era. There was never, there a, never golden was a golden era where this made sense. So that said, uh, the good stuff in here, um, it's ridiculous. It's over the top. So there's a lot the- of silly stuff. Um, I, you know, I I don't. I don't even really like the concept of there's this like hidden society that like serves the antediluvians while not really knowing what they want. Like whatever. Um, I will say what I do like are uh, the, I, I think Enoch can work. Yeah. If you, if you invest some time and some love into it, it's the idea that maybe they're guided by the, uh, the Arlau or whatever those creatures the are. That, yeah. They are, they are Ralu, those guys who are in Enoch. Like, okay, cool. They're guided by them. Um, I'll accept that. Uh, it, you know, it exists in the Shadowlands. That's kind of neat, kind of evocative, I like kind of, kind of not asterisk. great. Yeah, asterisks. Like it would be more interesting if it was maybe like a hidden fortress, like uh, the Eagle's Nest, like the Asmites have, or something. I yeah, something that exists in the Middle East where it was founded. I don't know, but then you get into that whole thing of like how many of these weird ancient like fortresses are in the Middle <laughs> East that these different clans have. Uh, ignoring that, because. Um, there's a bunch of clans who have these fortresses. The Giovanni have one. The Tremere have one. The that's uh, true. That, yeah, huh? Yeah, the Asimites have one. The Sedites have several. Like it's just you get all these clans with these weird like ancient fortresses. The Sombra had one until they diabolized their antediluvian and like went went bonkers 
because they had that black castle. Um, yes, God, I had forgotten how many fucking fortresses there were. So they all had these like weird vampire fortresses. And if you read the rules on like vampires in like a concentrated number like that, it would never work. Um, but <laughs> uh, the bloodlines are also, uh, I think, the best part of this book, and the yeah. part that comes up the most often in subsequent books and in um, even future editions. So uh, yeah. that's the true Bruja, the Truja, yeah. uh, the Nagaraja, mm-hmm. or Nagaraja. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's probably Nagaraja because it's Indian. Naga meaning snake, Raja being the right. I don't know. So Nagaraja, and then uh, the old clans in Ashe. Yeah. Um, I feel like those are the things that you can take out of there, and they're neat ideas with the old clan being opposed to like, uh, what the Zimache became, um, yeah. being the more reserved members of Zimache. Uh, the true Bruja being these like emotionless, emotionless, cold, detached vampires who are the descendants of Bruja and his original trial there before Trolley diabolized him in Carthage. Um, yeah. And then uh, and then the Nagaraja just being this like weird yeah, flesh-eating <laughs> vampire thing. It's just a zoo, this weird, like, what the fuck so are like uh, bloodline that you can right. use or not use. Or not use. They show yeah. up in, like, several of the other media. Like, they showed, they showed up in the video game, the Bloodlines video game. They showed up in some of the other books. Like, they're a neat concept. I like yeah. them as an idea. Sure. Um, they're they're, nil, they're nihilistic disciplines, kind of cool. Like, they, yeah, like, agreed. They're neat for, for the death-obsessed vampire template that they are um, and as an alternative to, like, the Giovanni. But now there's like so many death obsessed vampires because you've got yeah. the Lamia and the Cappadocians and, and the, the Giovanni and the, the Harbingers Samiti, of Skulls, the Harbingers of Skulls, and that like. But those, not all of those existed back when these guys did. So, it's true. So I'm willing to give them credit for uh, what what they were doing. Um, so that stuff is all is all good. Uh, the Vakistu stuff is ridiculous. But like, here's the thing: is I I agree with you, one hundred percent on the how to use this book in a certain way like if you want to get if you want to play a really high fantasy game then you can go ahead and run with the whole like ghost city thing and that's pretty fucking cool if you if you right. are into that kind of dark fantasy kind of feel if you want to do a more um like uh, like like tone down the fantasy tone down the dark fantasy i think it can still work as a vast overarching conspiracy and it's still fine I even really like the word Tamiraha. Right. You know, uh, uh, Tamahe Ra, excuse me. I think I still, I think still think that 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 works. Um, and then the, I mean, it's really just difficult to overstate the contribution of the old clan Zimacy as an idea to what vampire ended up being about and what the Zimacy ended up being about. Because, I mean, that is just like the shiny nugget at the center of this book right. that they just ran with and just made... That s- said, all of those bloodlines, I don't know that I would recommend as player characters. Um, True Bruja, because they're so cold and emotionless and detached, and they're, I, I guess you could play them if they're pursuing the vendetta part. Sure. Um, kind of where they're pursuing a vendetta when it talks about how emotionless and detached they are. Uh the old clan Zimache, though, it talks about just being very into, like, they stay in their castles yeah. and they don't go anywhere. You're going to have a hard time if you try to play that as a player. And the Nagar Raja is you're going to need some storyteller buy-in for that one because yeah. you have to eat flesh. And it's a very weird thing. And they're just another death vampire or another vampire cult obsessed with death or group obsessed with death. So you have other options for that. 
that said, putting them in games, they are creepy and disturbing. I've used a Nagaraja in a game that I ran before, um, and it was creepy and disturbing, and yeah. it worked. Um, yeah, so it's just they're very off-putting. But like, <laughs> I like, I like, I like some of the content of the book. I like some of the crunch in the book. The fluff parts, I could kind of do without. Dude, the little soul eater chud things that are even like made to look like chuds. They drew them like chuds. So dumb. I mean, <laughs> who said that? Who put their stamp on that? They were like, yeah, no, we need, you, know, you know what Vampire the Masquerade needs is more chuds. We don't have book, enough chuds. The art in this book is so hit or miss, though. Like, Yeah, some of it like, is really bonkers. Some of it's really good. good, and then some of it is like this some of it picture is bonkers on page bad. Uh, 127. Like, I've always liked <laughs> this... that picture. To me, it's the picture on the other side where a guy's wearing a gas mask or really? something. Like, why would he wear a gas mask? You like the girl like spread-eagled with her head laying back and a sword laying on her thighs? It's weird. It's, it's a weird w- picture. It's creepy. It's it's bizarre. It's yeah, very it, strange. It fucks um, up my brain a little bit. I like it in a kind of Dolly-esque sort of way. Uh, all um, right, I'll take it. Uh, I, you know, I, I, to make me... To, Leaf to Jones does have some point. good stuff in here. Leaf He's got Jones a lot of really good shit. stuff. He's got yeah. a lot of really good stuff he, even in this book. And just like you were about to say, he peaked with Montreal by Night, and you can kind of see where he was going in this book. And then when you read Montreal by Night, which is a fucking unbelievably good book and remains good to this day, it's a little 90s. You kind of got to iron it out yeah. a little bit. <laughs> it's a lot like, 90s. It's a lot 90s. You got to iron it out a little bit, but it's a really fucking good book. Um,. Now I ran Bailey as a as a old clan Zimacy. Did you? Yeah, okay. I ran Ben. Ben from FMRPG was a old clan Zimacy. You've heard us talk about him, Kananescu, and I let him do old clan Zimacy for that. And I think it really worked. And I understand that they have that sort of like like oh I'm a rustic guy. I don't like leave my castle. But if you're say playing a Dark Ages game, and there's like a lot of downtime. And he says during his downtime, oh, I don't really leave my castle very much. I don't leave my domain. I can't spend my time, my debt. We have 100 years downtime. I don't leave my domain for that whole 100 years. And then we're going to play a game, which, as we talked about, like the the way that time moves in these games is very kind of like it it dilates and it expands. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... um, It's like a river. It ebbs and flows. Exactly. So, So I feel like you can still play the character. As long as on the downtime they're not saying things like, "Oh, well, I go, you know, I'm traveling around in a nomadic pack." I'm gonna like, go form a rock band. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Yeah. All right, so like, we're 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 getting ready to wind it up here. Talk to me about Kane's Chosen. So Kane's Chosen. Um, I didn't read this, guys. Uh, this is Adam's book report. Re- right. Report to us on Kane's Chosen. So which is Kane's the- Chosen is uh, an additional take on the Black Hand. Um, and what it- this is the third edition revised take. Right. So um, there's the talk about, oh, it's primarily driven by the Asmites. And there's the talk about, oh, well, it's actually driven by the True Black Hand. And now what this talks about is um, it's actually a Gehenna cult focused around Cain. Uh, um, okay. It's like Cain worship, and they expect to be rewarded by Cain come Gehenna. Um, it, and then there's a lot of weird stuff in here, like the Weeping Stone, which is like this stone that leaks blood that they taste that may have been the stone that Cain slew Abel with and Dude. may have been this other thing, like this woman in Zyla the Fair and her brothers were dead. She cried to Cain, and then he changed her into a stone. When, <laughs> when when I read this, back when this book was brand new and I bought my brand new crispy hot-off-the-presses copy, the thing I hated most was that stupid weeping stone. You know why? Because it just smacked to me of them trying to like make um, vampiric Islam. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yep. 
how and there's yeah, even was, this thing in there yeah. about the pilgrimage like everybody's mm-hmm. got to go yeah, to pilgrimage you put their hand on the yep. stone right and it's just yep. like it's just like what the fuck are you doing and they kind of talk about then the anarch revolt and then the, how they steered the la sombra and the zimache into like attacking and killing their antediluvians as part of their goals as a sect um completely contrary to what it just said in other books right completely counter to what it says in the other books and it's like and it doesn't really here it is uh they actually do mention roots and branches so they do talk about the lost tribe the tamahira quote true hand unquote um and it says the efforts of the lost tribe to influence the sabbath's development are covered elsewhere the tamahira is an ancient death cult devoted to the worship of a cabal of beings the arlo who it believed to be the antediluvians who slept in Enoch, blah, 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 blah. Ra began infiltrating, or infiltrating the lost tribe in an attempt to subvert and influence it. The modern black hand is a result of this odd conglomeration, but the Ra portion of the conglomerate collapsed with the destruction of Enoch. So at this point, they're not in the picture at all anymore. Oh um, my and it's God. primarily being driven by the seraphs, who, as we established, are... Uh, two Asamite anti-tribute, a gangrel, and then Emelec, uh, crazy pants man, who looks kind of like Emperor Palpatine. Oh, um, great. <laughs> well, I mean, you can see him. Oh, right. I remember that picture. Yeah, yeah, picture. yeah he he saw, the first hair, time I right? saw him, I was like, you're looking like Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's, he's of an unknown clan, possibly Malkavian. Possibly um, Malkavian. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's this weird, you know, hey, we're this ultra um, militant sect of the Sabbat, that exists to, you know, wage war on uh, the Camarilla and the other uh, servants of the Antediluvian, and we're like the guiding hand on what's actually going on. We're the real deal Ugh. that's controlling what's actually going on. Um, that said, uh, you know, it's still a paramilitary organization. Like, I think I can count on one hand the number of pictures in here that are not, that aren't character portraits, that are not of like, some act of violence or explosion yeah. or like, like I mean this 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 book came out many years before the Expendables movie. Right. Yet every illustration in the book is essentially of an Expendables type character. Some yep. like muscle bound goon in paramilitary fatigues standing on a rock with a machine over his machine gun over his right. head. Right. I mean, with like, guys holding scimitars and machine guns underneath them as there's a fire raging in the background and lightning crashes. And it's like it's it, and that's on page uh, sixty eight. Um it, the art is not great. Um, kind of ridiculous. It's, I, I, you know, and then there's this other picture. There's a, a girl and a guy. They're in a Mexican standoff, and she's holding, course. like, a crossbow or a spear gun. It's hard to tell to his to his head, and he's got, like, a pistol to her head. Um, it, it's kind of ridiculous. I don't love this book. And this no, book came out neither. at a time with a slate of other books that were, like, um, Midnight Crusade and Archons and Templars and um, I, I don't even remember some of the uh, other ones. But it, New York by Night. New York by Night. Ostensibly which, a city book, but was really about Sabbath War. Right, which is, uh, yeah. And so all of these books were basically about like how to fight a crusade or a counter crusade. Mm-hmm. How to turn your vampire game into a guns mick explosion visits the sword factory. Like yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it it got really over the top. Um, and this is why we had a lot of discussions about, well, revise is where it really started getting off the rail. It, it's always been off the rails. Yeah. Um, revise did crank it up a notch. Um, it took that violence to like the next level 
to and it did a lot of ridiculous stuff that I don't think you would have seen a masquerade like in New York by night. Yeah, we're hunting vampires from helicopters with uh, thermal scopes so that when we don't see a guy on the thermal scope, we know he's a vampire and then we shoot him. I don't know how oh. that would work because he wouldn't show up on the scope. Um, <laughs> the other like, oh, the Nosferatu found out where the Sabbath had a haven in like the sewer and they routed a gas line and blew it up. They blew up a gas main hey. and take out the Sabbath pack. And they- it's like, okay, that's. That's not subtle. Like that's that's gonna be a masquerade breach, no matter what you do. They just forgot about gothic horror and gothic punk entirely, and it just became this kind of like Tom Clancy with vampires kind of kind of game. Yeah, it right? got very strange. Um, very strange. And I- even in Lord of the Clans, like the Asimite section talks about the Black Hand being um, the means by which the Asimite clan controls the Sabbat. So even in Lore of the Clans, they come up with another iteration of what the Black Hand is. And it's just, oh, it's an, it's an Asimite uh, subsect that allows us to control the Sabbat. Um, so it's almost like there's the three casts and then there's a subsect. Right. Because, oh, because mm, in, in Player's Guide to or the Player's Guide to the Sabbat, there's this unbelievably confusing sentence where it's talking about the anti-tribute and in the the player's guide to the Sabbath is where the anti-tribute idea began and when it gets to asmite which is of course a this is the first one right is it's like well the asmite anti-tribute are the ones who didn't bend their knee at the convention of torns so they never accepted the curse and that means that they're actually the real asmites right and the other asmites of the anti-tribute and you're like right. what the fuck is yeah. this yep and you will have it argued both ways. Like, yeah. it, depending on the book you're reading it, it'll be like, oh, no, the children of Hakim uh, bent their knee, and the, As- the anti-tribute were the ones who didn't follow the uh, guidance of the, the the leader of the Asimites, and, like, they broke off. And then you'll read, like, another take where, oh, no, those are the real Asimites, and they're waiting to help their brethren break it. And then, like, in the uh, Lore of the Clans, they talk about how Akeem just abandoned the clan entirely. Yeah. Um, and it was basically just being run by Urshugli and Alal Asad or whatever that guy is, uh, the magician who, like, they took the eye and the left yeah. eye and left arm from and then turned him, um, and how it was being run by them. And then uh, Hakeem had nothing to do with it and wanted nothing to do with it. And it's it's very hard to unwind all of these different interpretations. And oh. that's where, I like, the Asimites bug me because they're too convoluted. Uh, they didn't trust the core concept. Um, well, like I said, the, two, the core and they iterated too, on it too, too many times. Too too limiting. It was the and core concept was too limiting, but I think in an effort to free it up, they like like too many cooks. You know what I mean? Like okay. they put too much stuff in. Here's what it is: is it's like if you ever meet like a biblical literalist, right? Like um, vampire, the developers have never been able to like put their hands up and say, you know what, we were wrong. We like right. we fucked up the timeline. Or we fucked something up. What we're gonna really have to do is do a full retcon. Right. What they do is they do these partial retcons where they're like, oh well, it was always like this, except, and then right. they like change it in midstream. Like you remember the debacle with Hardest at the Elder and Hardest at the Younger, which yeah. is based entirely <laughs> on their own inability to keep track of, of their one? internal timeline. Right. They're like oh well, there was like two hundred years between when we said this character died and when he actually died, and like and like well, that must be because there was another vampire who was right. pretending to be him. Yeah. You know. So it's like they don't really know what the Asmites are. They never really understood what the Black Hand was. They just were kept. They keep 
I mean, I guess at one point this guy Stephen Brown or whatever like, had an idea of what it was, and then they were like, "This game this needs wasn't less a chugs. good idea." Yeah. <laughs> what it was? Yeah. It was a terrible idea. Just yeah. to be clear, Eddie Webb, when am I going to get a book about the chuds? <laughs> I want, I want my source book. Well, I am, I, I am, uh, I don't know the right word for this. Is there a word in English for uh, anticipating slash dreading simultaneously? Like, like <laughs> it sounds like a German word. If there's gonna be yeah, one. like it's like Schaumfoud, but like, like, but for like, I'm anticipating something, but also dreading it. I am anticipating and dreading the Talmahe Ra book that is forthcoming. Oh, it is from V20, which is um, why we're doing this episode in, right, in be, great anticipation. In anticipation of this book. And, what dark secrets will it hold? I don't know uh, that book. I, I just I have this feeling it's either going to be like. I'm either going to read it and go okay, or I am going to viscerally hate it. Um, and I don't know which one it will be. Um, I'm feeling a lot more charitable these days. Yeah. So I'm it- hoping that I will be okay with it and even find parts of it that I like. Um, that said, they've iterated on the hand and the sabbat so many times that I don't think they have a clear vision of what it is anymore. I mean, you were going to oh, lend yeah. me rights of the blood, which is yet another. Interpretation on the Sabbath, yeah. and and so I will be interested to read through that yeah. because I've gone through so many of these things that I don't know if I have a clear picture of what I view the the Sabbath or Sabbat anymore even is, and I don't like the only thing that I feel I have a, a good grasp on anymore is like I feel okay I understand the Camarilla they haven't really futzed with those guys too much <laughs> yeah I mean um, it's, it's still it's a it's it's diverged a little bit from its core concept right I understand the Sedites incrementally like, they haven't really changed them very much no I understand the Giovanni mm. they haven't really changed them very much mm. um the Ventru remain completely unchanged the Ventru remain <laughs> completely unchanged the Tremere remain almost completely unchanged like yeah. the the Toridor the like the core seven clans not a lot changed. They made the Malkavians insanity more prophetic. Don't love that. Whatever. Like I like I like it. I'm kind of over uh, it. We can get another. Yeah, time. we can get it another time. Um. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like they left the the core seven alone. I guess they made the Gangrel like more true to what they actually should have been when they left the Camarilla. Well, uh, and we're, so we're, we're so far off off right. off the ranch right now. But, but yeah, so the 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 true hand or the the hand the black hand the true hand the any of it um tommy raha right would you the manis nigrum we've kind of covered what they are um yeah Yeah. so So, there's many different iterations there's the tamahe ra which is the hand that's the servants of the antediluvians controlling the sabbat hand doesn't make a lot of sense there's some good stuff there there's the hand which is the hand that everybody thinks of and then there's the true hand which is alternately like just uh this this Middle Eastern death cult uh, that worships Cain, that uh, uses the Sabbat uh, as, a, as a means to their end, or just another arm of the Asimite clan. Yeah. Um, so so if you were going to run a game, right, which I know you're not really in the game running right. spirit lately, but say you're going to run a game, say you're coming out of retirement, mm-hmm. would you use these guys? And if you did, how would you use them? No. Just you, you just you just you just write them out. I would write them out. Um, wouldn't I, even, there I, wouldn't even be a black hand in the Sabbath. You say so. Don't there take might be a membership. black hand in the Sabbath. I I, w- I don't know that I'd use them. I wouldn't really do anything with them. The types of story I'm interested stories I'm interested in telling um, don't have a lot of flaming sword AK-47 wielding components to them. Um, yeah, yeah, I take your point. 
so I don't really have a, a, a place for them. You know, it's kind of like the Archons and Templars book or the Alistairs from the, from the Red List. Like, those are things that exist in the game world. The Primogens, the Archons, all this. Like, am I going to use them? I don't know. Like, I might use them as, like, a threat in the background. Like, I might use uh, members of the true Black, or of the Talmahe Ra. Like, I might use, like, a, a true yeah. Bruja, or, like, a Nagara has, like, this weird unsettling, like, thing that kind of exists in the periphery. I always like to seed, like, one or two just weird things into the city that I built um, that are just kind of there in the background. Sure. And if the players discover them, awesome. And if they don't, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, but there's always one or two just like completely weird things that are just designed to like put them on edge and be like, oh, yeah. we don't really know what's going on at yeah. all. Like we don't even know where we live. Like, like what is this place? Like every so often you do something like you'll like they'll be doing something mm-hmm. and you'll go like make a perception check. Right. And they'll be like, they'll be like, like what's that? They'll be like, oh, and like, you get this sensation like you're being watched. Right. And then you, and then they're like, then they start getting all paranoid right. and crazed. And like, and it's like, it's, it's, it's some dude from the Inkanu who like yep. no one even knows is there. And he's yeah. like, he's the monitor of the city or whatever. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they start getting all paranoid. And they're like, it's probably the prince. You know, it's his, it's his men. They know. And well, all that was shit. one of the ones that I had in Requiem. Like I actually used, uh, and you hate them, but I use one of the Melissa Dre, like the, the bee people, you know? Oh, I hate I used things. one of them in the, in the game just as one of those weird things. And they could just not let go of, like, this building with the bees around it. They're like, why are there bees in, like, a city? Like, <laughs> so they started staking it out. They should see my dumpster. Like, well, no, they were like, like, why are they swarming around this building? Like, why are they, like, in the middle of the city swarming around this building? So they, like, staked this building out for, like, a week. <laughs> and I just cry, oh, yeah, there's all these people, like, coming and going. They just have no expression. They don't say anything. They just, like, file into the building. And then a different group files out of the building. And then eventually they just decided on their own, like, we're going to go find out what's up here. <laughs> like, kick the doors in, you know, in typical player style, like, we're time to fuck shit up. And just they ended up running out of that place. Just going, like, oh, my God, I'm totally unprepared for I, this. I don't know how you did it, Adam, but you you have made the Melisidre or whatever cool for me, man. All they're unsettling. Sudden, they're weird like because they're those brainwashed drones that just go in and out. And when they broke in, they broke in. They're like, we're going to kick ass. And they didn't bother them until they started getting to like towards the hive towards center. the hive center and then all of a sudden everyone turned on them and they were just like oh shit how do we get out of here we were unprepared for this like we didn't expect them to suddenly turn violent on us and they're swarming us like we can take them on one on one but we can't deal with them all on mass yeah. so they just like hightailed it out of there and went to the prince like this is a fucked up thing and the prince was like uh yeah, that sounds cool. Bee people, you say, huh? Like, that's, <laughs> keep I mean, it up, fellas. You could do kind of a Candyman thing with it. I mean, I know that's like yeah. the most obvious thing. But right. You could do a Candyman thing you with could. it. You like, could. And that's, and that's really fucking cool and dark. I love right. it. Right, yeah. You know, speaking of Requiem, I think that if I was going to use the Black Hand, I would probably use them in a Requiem game, and I would repurpose them as a Covenant. I could see that working. I like. There are several groups that I see working better as Covenants in yeah. in uh, even Masquerade. The Bali are one of them. Um, They don't work as a clan. Uh, they're a ridiculous concept as a clan. They work very well as a covenant. Yeah, they um, work better as a covenant. They work for much sure. better as a covenant. Um, for sure. Yeah, there's just a lot of groups that work that I, way. I kind of like the idea of infernalism having a clan at the center of it, though. Like a purely infernalist clan that then like casts an umbrella that has an umbrella organization that it uses to recruit more infernalists. Yeah, maybe. But like, if you ever read the Bali clan book, like, I don't know that they had like a good oh, the, idea. The, the on... Dark Ages one? Yeah. It's a fucking rad book, dude. You don't love it? Yeah, like there's that Fuck. whole first scene where like the priest is like, I'm going to shout him as this young boy. And then yeah. the bug crawls into his 
stick, and you're just like, what is going on in this? Dude, yeah, it's horrifying and gross. (laughs) It's super gross. It's weird, and it's just like that one, and then there was the Infernalism Path of Screams book for Sorcerer's Crusade, and I I was just like, just, I don't know. I think the Infernalism books, you have to hold the Infernalism books are a little bit different than the Bali book. Like, some of the infernalism books have been really hit or miss. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense that there's, like... good, dude. It just doesn't make sense that there's a clan, like, and that's at the core of it. I don't know. Like, I could see it being a couple guys, but at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. It seems like it should be a multi-clan organization. I wouldn't expect, like, infernalists to discriminate. Well, we'll we'll have to do another episode on this, because I could go back and forth about this all night. But at this point, the Shadow Sworn Radio Hour is turning more into the Shadow Sworn an hour and 15 minutes. All right. So we're going to have to let it go at this point. Well, just quick, would you use them? What, in a masquerade game? Yeah, in a masquerade game. For sure. I would would use them as the militant wing of the Sabbath. Okay. Um... In particular, I know I've raved about this book already. Uh, Monster by Night has a, this very interesting dynamic between an embattled um, bishop who runs the city mm-hmm. and um, a uh, sort of young Turk uh, leader of a black hand column who is trying to take over the city for himself. And I think, uh, and then and then that gets into some of the sort of subplots that they bring up in the um, player's guide and the storyteller's handbook. About the tension within the Black Hand, about like infernalism and the tensions between the Black Hand and the um, Inquisition, the Sabbath Inquisition. Right. And then there's some Inquisitors that can show up, and there's all sorts of interesting stuff that happens with that, especially considering there's like a, there's a lot of infernalism going on in um, Montreal. Yeah, I, I just I guess I don't know if I need the Black Hand to tell that story. Like I can have two factions fighting against each other without having one of them be a paramilitary organization. It's well, just... I think when one of them is a paramilitary organization, it means that they have a certain mentality. You know what I'm saying? They have a certain like kind of battlefield you mentality. Hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they can, and I mean and they they come across especially when you consider how that city reads where everything is very gothic and almost kind of like this dark circus and there's well, like you have a lot more experience with it. I never ran it. Like my oh. one attempt at running a Sabbat game was aborted in like uh, stillborn. So it's dude. It's uh. It's uh, yeah. Um. Montreal by night did not. Okay. Truth. Truth. Moment of truth. Montreal by night. I suspended that game when essentially the material creeped me out too much. B- ben was making fun of me because we did an episode where we were talking about um urban shadows and the of FM RPG. We we're doing an episode where we we're talking about urban shadows and the use of this thing called an X card where somebody can tap the X card to say like, this is gross and I don't want to go there anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was laughing at me. He's like, he's like, when we were running Montreal, you should have used your own X card, bitch. Because <laughs> it's like, I, I, I was running this in this, this, this game that was about, that was about infernalism. Mm-hmm. And it was about the, the rotten core of infernalism that was like dragging this city down and it just started grossing me the fuck out. And I started yeah. feeling real weird about it. And I was like, I can't play this fucking game anymore. I fucking wrote myself into a corner. And this this shit's gotten nasty. So I, I killed my own game. But, man, let me tell you, when we were running that game, it was fun. It was really good. And it wasn't the kind of shit that you usually get out of a Sabbath game where people are like, oh, it's tearing on motorcycles and, like, tear people's heads off and shit. It was, like, it was, it was, like, it was like really just very dark. All right. So in conclusion, Black Hand, mixed bag. Mixed um, bag. Take what you can get. Um, yeah. It has uh, made me more charitable towards the new stuff and even the revised yeah. stuff. Um, and, you know, it's kind of the new stuff that's coming out has reignited my love of the game. So I'm going to continue reading it and uh, continue digging into it and, and see what see where, uh, you know, where I can get dragged to. What, what new fresh hells await me? 
<laughs> it's really good to have you uh, as a member of this community, man, and to, to know that Adam Sink's out there reading um, vampire books. Well, it's good to be back. Makes my heart happy. Um, for one, I will endorse the uh, Player's Guide to the Sabbath, the Storyteller's Handbook to the Sabbath, and then uh, <laughs> I'd say leave some of that other shit alone. Yep. Um, you can get all the old clans embassy stuff you need without picking up that uh, Dirty Secret of the Black Hand book. You do not need the stats for the Soul Eaters. You get a friend to photocopy you the three splats for the uh, for the clans and then um, yeah. ignore the rest. Yeah, ignore the rest. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been our great pleasure to join you this evening. Thank you for coming by um, for the Shadows Run Radio Hour. Adam and I will be back in a month. Anyway, I don't know if we know what exactly Adam's Adam's making a uh, uh, Ninja Turtle frog thing. Uh, try and tongue me right now. Um, I don't I don't know if we know. It's as dirty uh, as it sounds. <laughs> I don't know if we know we know what we're doing, but um, we have some ideas, and we're gonna get at you with uh, uh, some new fresh material. Thank yep. you very much for joining us. Uh, have a good night. <laughs>